Hey everybody, welcome to the In Doubt Show. We have a wonderful show today. I always say that. I'm not going to say, hey guys, we have a terrible show. No, we have a fan. We always have fantastic shows because we want to give you truth and we want to give you uh, things that you're wrestling with. And so today we're going to be going through the book of Proverbs. We have a dear friend of mine, Ivan Da Silva, in studio today, and we're going to walk through its entire book, themes, things that we can learn for 2023 today. You'd be surprised at how relevant the book of Proverbs is for your life. And so enjoy today's episode. Indoubt.ca, get your mug, final sale. Uh, these are fantastic. This is a good tea. What is this? Huckleberry something? I don't usually get fruit teas, but uh, you don't need to know that. <laughs> comment below if you want to know that. Actually, we do want you to comment below and ask us. You know, sometimes we get feedback that some of the opening banter, you know, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus, which is the interview. Uh, but comment below. Let us know. We want, always want to serve you. If, if you want us to do some changes or whatever, we want to hear from you so we know how to best serve uh, the community who are watching. But welcome to the End Out Show. We're excited for today. We've got a great episode. Uh, before we dive in, we're going to go through Proverbs. We have an amazing guest, a dear, dear friend of mine going through Proverbs. And so it's going to be fantastic. But before we do that, Christopher, how are you? I am doing well. Does anyone call you Christopher or just Chris? Uh, just when I'm in trouble. Oh Yeah, okay. I figured. Yeah. You, do you have a middle name? James. Christopher James. Yeah. And um, I always get nervous to pronounce your last name. And I don't, we don't oh, have really? to say your last name That's, because, you know, if you want to stay. It's, I, know. I need a sensor. Yeah, beep. beep. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to send we'll it in post. But Christopher, uh, Christopher James. I'll let, uh, I I'll like let you in on it after the show. Yeah, that's perfect. Just the proper pronunciation. Um, I always get nervous to mispronounce people's names. I don't know. Um, that's fair. Anyways, you're doing well, though? Yeah, doing good. Life's good. Kids yeah. are good. Family's how, good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I ended up getting sick again. And, um, you know, we've had some family stuff too that we're just kind of dealing with right now and, yeah. you know, going through some stuff. But God is good and mm. he's still present and we feel him and um, it's okay. We've been trying something new at home, um, which has been going really well every time for dinner because our kids are five and two. Yeah. So it's loud and chaotic. Uh, but... Um, Every time for dinner now, Michelle lights three candles and we put oh, on yeah. like light jazz music. Oh, nice. And it's just calm and it's been working great. So fun fact and a good tip for parents with young kids. But put the candles a little bit farther yeah, away farther from the kids. Yeah, because they're just <laughs> keep trying to grab it. Anyways, uh, we have a guest on third chair. We do. One of my favorite guys, the man, the myth, the legend, man of about probably 200 voices. It's when you Judy hear this music, you will know we have Marcus Miller in the house. Marcus, how are you? I'm doing so good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I love that you guys are both matching. You got your green. Yeah. Your green. I didn't get the text. Unintentional. I didn't get no. the text. The in doubt group text. I know. <laughs> we didn't get it, and the guests didn't get it today, but that's okay. Um, you guys, are, you're doing well though. Doing good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we got we got to maybe address uh, something quickly before we introduce our main guest. Um, that music, Genie of the Lamp. No one yeah. knows where that came from. <laughs> and so I'll just give you a quick backstory. We did a Dangerous Doctrines, which is one of our segments where we kind of talk through heretical teaching, talk about why it's not in the Bible, and point you back to what the Word says. But in a Dangerous Doctrines, we quoted someone who said that they believe the Holy Spirit is like the genie. And mm. this person said she that the Holy Spirit is blue, funny, silly, <laughs> just like 
the genie from Aladdin. And I so can't bring any people back from the dead. <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> okay, so... I'll be here all week, folks. I'll be... Oh, wow. <laughs> so, anyways, I left the room for something. Marcus sneaks in with Chris, and they record all these little sound bites, and I didn't know about it. And when we did the Dangerous Doctrines, they started playing all these sound bites, and I thought they were literally from the movie, and I found out it's actually one of the 200 voices that Marcus does. Uh, anyways... Amazing guest, amazing topic. We're going through Proverbs, wisdom literature, and we have one of my dear, dear friends in-house with us today. Uh, I can list off all the things. Okay, teacher at Trinity, teacher at uh, Pacific Life Bible College, does a bunch of tours in Israel, which they're doing one in May, uh, retired BPD, uh, Bible teacher, theologian, wrote a commentary. I can go on forever and ever. Ivan De Silva in the house. Ivan, how are you today? I'm very well, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. This I'm uh, is awesome. looking forward to the discussion. This yeah. is awesome, man. Yeah, it's been a while. Eh? I haven't seen you in a long time. I know. I but you, you still look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. You haven't aged. I haven't aged a day. I know. I don't feel it either. No. My back doesn't feel it. But uh, right. Yeah. But uh, how are you doing? You're doing good. Yes. Life's uh, good. Doing, uh, yes, uh, doing well. Um, as you mentioned, I retired from the VPD after yes. 28 years. Uh, just been over a year. Yeah. Uh, surprising. I thought uh, I'd have a little bit more downtime, but yeah, uh, none at all. <laughs> yeah, just as busier. Yeah. So not making as much money, but yeah. <laughs> but still busy. But loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Man. Yeah. Did you say twenty-eight years or twenty? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight yeah, years. Wow. Oh, twenty-eight years with the VPD. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a dream job, and um, I loved every minute of it. But mm. towards the last couple of years. I began to feel that it was time to change. Mm. And I didn't retire because uh, I had to, but um, I realized I could have gone a few more years, mm -hmm. but I, I, I felt that it was time to change mm. and do something else and that my usefulness as a police officer, I was a detective for the last 18 or so years, that is was, so um, cool, man. was coming to an end. Yeah. And so the Lord put it on my heart to do more teaching mm -hmm. and uh, writing and research. So Yeah, but you were doing a lot of that stuff like as you were working. I know. I, when I, I look back, I, I don't, don't understand, you know, man. I can't understand it either. I was, I was talking to my wife the other day. I said, what? How, why is it that now it's, um, it seems more busy and where before I did all this and, and yeah. also worked? Yeah. Uh, full time. Our, our shifts were ten hours. We yeah. were ten hours a day. Yeah. Uh, four days a week, and um, and still, yes, I taught. I, I I was actually teaching at Trinity before I became a police officer. Uh, I've been teaching at Trinity really? for almost thirty years. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, so. What do you teach uh, there? Uh, all biblical studies. Okay. So yeah. um, uh, always it's been that, mm -hmm. and so I then I became a police officer. Well, before that, I was a corrections officer here at Matsui. Mm -hmm. And I uh, did that for about five years and then switched to policing and went into Vancouver, And uh, but kept teaching all the way through. Wow. You know, I would do my work and and sometimes uh, it was all evening classes yeah. because, oh, okay. yeah, uh, right. because of my day shift. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'd uh, put off the uniform and dr get in the car and drive straight out to Langley and teach yeah. for three hours and have you ever went and you forgot to change your uniform and went <laughs> yeah. to teach there, there were times with some classes i thought you know what i should i should just come here in uniform yeah. and 
maybe shake these guys up. The but guy's yeah. packing. <laughs> if you have a really rowdy class or yeah, something. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'll sort, sort but, them out. Yeah. <laughs> but that would have been... Uh, not a good thing. So yeah, no, I, no. I, I'm glad I, you didn't I, I do that. Didn't. But I remember going for coffee with you once when we were in New Westminster. I can't remember the name of the coffee place. We were down down in New Westminster, and you know, you're writing a commentary while you're working ten hour shifts while you're teaching. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that journey. So you wrote a commentary with Bruce Walkie on Proverbs. Mm, yeah, I actually have it right here. I don't know, Marcus, if you want to do a Zoom where I can do a natural Zoom, huh? Huh? <laughs> you like that? Probably not. Um, yeah, Proverbs, a shorter commentary. Uh, you and Bruce did this together. Um, tell us a little bit about the journey. Maybe even, you know, what prompted you to do that book specifically? Right. Yeah, so um, you asked me why Proverbs. Uh, well, you know, I, as I was thinking about that, I thought, I think it was Proverbs that called to me. Hmm. Uh, but the but the way it, I, I think the Lord realized I needed wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's what like, better? I'm gonna make him study because he, yeah, uh, he needs better, this. <laughs> what better way than than this? But the the um, the human side of it turned out uh, the way it worked out was Bruce had written a massive two volume commentary mm-hmm. on the Book of Proverbs that came out in 2005, mm-hmm. uh, very scholarly um, and so forth. And he realized fairly quickly, and, and he and I were friends. Mm-hmm. He had been my uh, professor in Regent in the 80s, um, and we had kept up that friendship. And uh, he was a, I, I saw him as a mentor and a friend and so forth. So soon after that commentary was published, he approached me and he said he feels really um, sad that uh, this commentary that he had written would be quite inaccessible for a lot of mm-hmm. Christians. Mm-hmm. The... Um, uh, lay Christians who are not scholars. And since I had been teaching undergraduate mm-hmm. studies all my, uh, for years and years and years, he asked me if I would help him um, bring the two volume commentary down to the undergraduate level mm-hmm. so that it would be accessible to undergraduate students and also serious lay people in the church, Christians that wanted to study the book of Proverbs. So uh, we hummed and hard about it and um, went back and forth. And uh, so that was probably 2006, 2007. And then stuff happened in life and Mm -hmm. I just forgot about it. I think I did a sample, uh, tried to do a sample at that point, but nothing happened. And then he kept asking me. And so in about 2012, he brought it up again. He said the two volume company was doing well but he really wanted to get this project going and would I, would I do it? So at that point, I told him, look, if, um, if you have a commitment from the publisher, I would do it because otherwise it would be all this effort. And mm-hmm. if you then have to find a publisher, no. So he said he would talk to Erdman's, the um, company that published the two volumes. Yeah. And I got back a word from him saying, yes, they were interested in a shorter version. And, uh, and to provide them a sample. So I did a sample and provided it to them. And yeah. Erdman said, go for it. We will, we will do this. So I started writing it in 2016, Okay. finally. And in order to get, um, get ahead on it, because by this time, Bruce's commentary was, um, you know, what, 10 years old or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And the scholarly literature on um, Proverbs had kept going and growing. So my task would be not only to... Uh, to bring it down to the level of uh, the uh, audience we wanted, 
but to also see if anything needed to be updated on the, with the research that has been published since then. So I had to do that. And in order to get a start on it, I actually took a seven-month leave of absence without pay from the department oh, okay. to yeah. begin writing it. Yeah. And um, in 2016, uh, 2017. And so uh, at the end of that seven months, I think I got through the introduction. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so I had to go back to work. And, um, and so I would just, whenever I wasn't teaching in the evenings, I would just come home and, and work on it till eight or nine, then have dinner with my wife and, and be back at it. And took uh, 2016, I think it was published in 2021. Mm-hmm. So yeah, about five, six years wow. to get it done. And I'm I'm thankful to God that it's it's getting uh, it's getting good word. Yeah, yeah people are saying it's helping them. And then in the meantime, as I was doing that, the Gospel Coalition approached me, mm-hmm. and they said they are doing a series of commentaries on the whole Bible. And since I was um, doing uh, the Proverbs one, would I write one for them? Mm-hmm. So I told them I could only do it after this is finished. Yeah, and um, and so they said, yeah, they can wait. So once this was done, I started on that. And that's even a more condensed version than this. And uh, just kept working on it. And that one, uh, the the TGC one, is just me. This one, uh, not with Bruce. uh, They got him to do the book of Psalms and me to do Proverbs. And so I submitted the manuscript to them in February, and I see just... It just came out like yesterday or something. Out, yeah, yeah, which is crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, so, so you guys can check good. that out on Gospel Coalition. And then where can they get this? Oh, it's on Amazon. Amazon. You can just okay. order Best it off place. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon Prime, get it the next day, start reading it. <laughs> um, okay, so as you uh, did a deep dive doing research, it wasn't just kind of you know, yeah. shrinking the two volume, but doing a lot of research. Did you find anything in the book of Proverbs that surprised you? Quite a bit, actually. Um, I, I prior to this, you know, I had taught the Old Testament as a survey yeah. for many years, but not the Book of Proverbs in depth. So we would do a, a quick overview of um, the Book of Proverbs and then move on. So this, this writing this gave me the opportunity to dig deep. Yeah. And boy, did I ever discover that um, the Book of Proverbs was not like I thought it was. Mm. You know. Uh, so I discovered first of all that. This, uh, the book of Proverbs is a book in the Bible that is primarily written for young people. Yeah. That is yeah. a target audience. That was a, that mm. was a surprise to me. Yeah. I, I Michelle, because my wife just finished the book of Proverbs through mm. her devotions. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, did you realize like, this is like literally written for like young people? Exactly. And that's what kind exactly. of prompted me to reach out. Because I'm like, hey, if there's a book in the Bible specifically written for young people. Right. We probably should... As young people, I still consider myself kind of young. Uh, yeah, you know, but oh, yeah, uh, you, you know, are. let's uh, thank you, thank, <laughs> yeah. thank you, folks. You heard it here, folks. Um, no, but let's dive in if it's written yeah. for. Yeah, so I was surprised when I heard that like a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. it's it, um, so here you have a book that is a whole book. Yeah, that's written for. Uh, well, it's a par- I, What it is is this: it's a parental manual. Hmm. Um, Solomon wrote most of this book and put it in the hands of every parent in Israel to teach to their children. Mm. So right from, uh, right from a very young age, the children in the home would have been trained in the, uh, this wisdom. And um, as the child grows, the, um, the, book is, the book has two locations. There are two, um, uh, two areas, two social locations 
that the book is addressing. One is the home, mm -hmm. where the child is still with the parents, and um, and so for the parents to uh, impart wisdom to the children. The other location is those children that have left the home mm. without choosing uh, to embrace wisdom. Mm. Uh, they have kind of said, um, you know what, we're not sure about this. Thank you, mom and dad, for uh, for all you've done for us, but we've got to go check this out on our own. And they right. have now left the home and they're right. out in public. And uh, the book of Proverbs sees that person as a type of a fool mm. uh, for leaving the home uh, and, and denying their parents' mm. uh, instruction in wisdom. Mm. Uh, and in a very dangerous situation hmm. because to head out into the world uh, away from the parental home without accepting and internalizing wisdom makes you a target to every yeah. danger that is out there. Yeah. You, it, it, the, the Book of Proverbs will say you have no chance. Wow. You have no chance if you go out without wow. the armament of wisdom. And so... Uh, so wisdom reaches out to them one last time. Wow. Okay? While they're in the marketplace, uh, wisdom cries out to them, hey, um, the, the, those, those types of kids, uh, they are called uh, the uncommitted, hmm. uh, which is a, a Hebrew, the way we translate, Bruce and I translate the Hebrew word, petayim or, or the petite, which is the simple. Sometimes it's okay. translated in English as the simple or naive ones. Okay. That person, the simple or the naive one, is the one who has left the home without committing themselves to uh, following the way of wisdom. Mm. And so in that location outside, it's not the parent reaching out to them anymore. The parent's authority is in the home. Mm. It is this figure called woman wisdom. Mm. She is the one that goes out and calls out to them. Now, this woman, uh, uh, who is this woman, woman wisdom? Well, that's a big discussion mm -hmm. in, uh, in the literature, in the scholarship, and also in our book. And uh, we finally conclude that uh, woman wisdom is actually the book of Proverbs. It's a personification of mm -hmm. the book of Proverbs. So one last time, um, wisdom is offering uh, yeah. the chance for, for these young people to come and embrace the way of wisdom. Uh, so she has two addresses two primary addresses in the book of Proverbs, one at the end of chapter one uh, and the other in chapter eight. And in uh, sadly, in the, uh, her address, her call in chapter one, um, 20 to 33 is rejected. Mm. Uh, they turn their back on her. Mm. And so she tells them, this is your last opportunity. Mm. And if you don't reach out and embrace me, when trouble hits you and then you cry to me, it'll be too late. Wow. Uh, there is no second chance here. So... So that's it. Um, so that sort of uh, that, so that was one surprising thing. That mm -hmm. here is a book that is written primarily for the young person to equip them to face the world wow. uh, as they go out into life. The parental home is quite protected, right? Your parents protect you. Your parents keep away uh, keep the danger away from you. But once you get out there, that's it. And so the book of Proverbs is doing all it can to prepare the young person for life outside the home wow. when they step out there. And yet, you know, I've, I've been a parent yeah. and I've been to many parental um, conferences and, and courses and all of that, but the book of Proverbs was never mentioned. Yeah. No, it was never seen for what it, yeah. what, what it is. Yeah. And I think we are That's the worst for it. That's fascinating. And even if you look at like culture today, uh, people have just run from wisdom. Young people are leaving the home and... Right, right. Same thing that's happening 
And, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The um the book of uh, the book of wisdom realizes that there are two archetypical dangers hmm. that the young person is going to face, and it's primarily the males. Yeah, because in that culture, it was the males that left the home to start the new family. The the yeah, yeah. daughters stayed until somebody came and married, married them and took them out. So it is primarily targeting the young person, uh, the young male. Uh, the two archetypal dangers that are lurking out there are the, uh, the danger of easy sex and easy money. Mm. And it is those two dangers that the book of Proverbs is seeking to arm the young person against before they step out, right? right. Um, it's like who would take a, 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 young, a young man and put them out in the middle of a battlefield without training them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how to how to use a weapon? How to detect a mine? How mm-hmm. to how to recognize the enemy? You just throw them in there and say, "Here, go for it." And you're in a war now, right? Yeah. It'd be impossible. You have to go through yes. a whole rigorous training program mm-hmm. where they teach you, and that's really uh, analogous to what's happening in the Book of Proverbs: is preparing them for those dangers uh, out there. So that was one surprising thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I mean, it's so cool to see how. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, Old Testament, it's outdated mm. or whatever, but mm. how so relevant right. the book of Proverbs is for 2023. Well, uh, it would have been uh, memorized by Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm convinced he would have memorized this book and he would have been trained in this book. Yeah. And um, and so if you want to understand how he was so wise and, yeah. and where he yeah. uh, acquired his wisdom from, the book of Proverbs would have prayed. Would have been a, a big... Yeah. Huge role in yeah. his life, yeah. and it's also in the literature. The New Testament quotes the Book of Proverbs yeah. uh, um, quite a bit. Yeah, at key uh, at key points, um, mm. Peter quotes it, Luke quotes it, and applies it actually to Jesus. And Jesus quotes it very interestingly in his um, Lord's Prayer. Yeah, in Matthew chapter six. So uh, the New Testament Church uh, saw the value of this book, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, even yeah. though Jesus is the incarnation of wisdom yeah. and the the very epitome mm-hmm. of God's wisdom, the book still played a part in catechizing yeah. Christians. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Okay, there's so many things to unpack. Mm. Um, uh, even talking about, like, you know, you said, okay, uh, the fool. You talked yes. about the fool. Okay, so in Proverbs, there's a lot about the fool yes. and about, you know, the wise, you know, wisdom and the fool. So, can you walk through even just like some of the characteristics of those two camps? Sure, yes. Yeah. So in the book of Proverbs, there are two categories of people. Yes. And there's no middle. Yeah, uh, it's just one or the other. One or the other. Yeah. On, on the one side, on the one hand, is the category of the wise and righteous. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and those two go together. Righteousness mm-hmm. and wisdom go together. On the other side is the wicked and the fool. Wow. They are placed together. Mm-hmm. And those are the two categories. And the difference uh, between them is uh, the difference between night and day. The, the fundamental characteristic of the fool, and there are actually different gradations of fool mm-hmm. in, in the book of Proverbs. Mm. The, but, the, the, but, they, but the fundamental characteristic that um, they all, the fool epitomizes, is the characteristic of unteachableness. Right. Uh, you cannot teach a fool anything. Right. Because they think they know it all. Right. And so uh, that leads to pride and arrogance and wickedness and injustice and oppression and strife uh, in the community. Uh, that is the fool. And 
the, the different gradations of full. I guess the the first level mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, fool is the uncommitted, okay. that simple yeah, person, simple. Yeah. Uh, who has left the home, saying, "Well, I'm I'm going to check out life first. Uh, but the problem is, but what Proverbs uh, recognizes this: if you do not make a commitment to wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, you are you may start off at this lower level of a fool. Let's put it that way, mm-hmm. but you don't stay there. Mm. You don't stay there. You cannot. If you keep going on that path, you will descend into the next level of the fool, a more dangerous level, which is the evil of the castle, where you are now hardened and you do not want wisdom right. anymore. You don't even you're not even neutral anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the final level, the final stage of the fool is the mocker. And at that point, you not only have uh, turned your back on wisdom, but you actually mock it, mm. and you mock the wise, and you make fun of them, and you have you are done. Now, the, uh, those second two types of fools, the fool and the mocker, are irredeemable according to the book of Proverbs. Uh, you really, it's too late really? for them. It's too late for them. And that is why yeah, that, that first level yeah. is so significant. Yeah. Because if you don't make uh, a yeah. choice right there for wisdom and you end up in the level of the fool, oh, so, the, so the, the book of Proverbs does not have anything, does not call out to the fool mm-hmm. uh, to... Um, to believe it just uh, uses the fool as the example right. of um, of an apostate yeah. who is irredeemable. Yeah. So yes, the Book of Proverbs does say that that um, there is a point of no return. Yeah. You know, if you continue in this way, uh, the hand of grace is going to be withdrawn. Yeah. And that's the big lesson in chap- wisdom's uh, lecture in chapter one. Yeah. Twenty to thirty-three. Yeah. And then you have the wisdom side. Is there uh, categories oh, yes. for the wisdom side too? Uh, yes, you, just... you grow in wisdom. Okay, so it goes the opposite kind of direction. Oh yes, yeah. 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 You're on a continual path. Yeah. Uh, and the wise. Uh, what is interesting about the the path of the wise is as they travel on the path of wisdom, the day gets brighter and brighter for them. Mm. Um, whereas the fools gets darker and darker. Now I should talk about these other two terms. Uh, <clears throat> The righteous, the ethical terms. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is wicked, um, and, wicked and righteous. Wickedness and uh, wickedness and righteousness. Yeah. Um, wisdom is sort of an intellectual mm-hmm. term, right? But this was the other thing that I, the surprising thing that I found, and that is that the book of Proverbs is not a how to become wise book, uh, even though many people think hmm. that's what it is. It is how to uh, how to become a righteous book. Oh, um, that is the point, hmm. because wisdom itself is a neutral concept, right? Mm. Uh, some of the most wickedest people have been extremely wise, cunning. Oh, In fact, the first, yeah. the first being to be described using a wisdom term mm-hmm. is the serpent mm. in the garden. That is the first character in the Bible wow. who is described using a wisdom term. That later in the book of Proverbs, the, the wisdom that the serpent had, which we translate usually as cunning or craftiness, mm-hmm. the book of Proverbs says the wise should get that. The, 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 right. the son should get that wisdom. Yeah. So, so the serpent had that, but used it for evil, right? So this is the danger of wisdom. By itself, it can be used right. for good or evil. Right. So this is why it has to be qualified by its ethical characteristic, which is righteousness. Hmm. And, um, and so you can be wise, but not righteous, but you cannot be righteous and unwise. The righteous are all wise. That's so good. So, uh, so what is righteousness in the book of Proverbs? 
it's different from the Pauline uh, forensic mm. type of righteousness uh, that Paul talks about. Righteousness in the, in the Proverbs is more practical. Mm. And uh, Bruce Walkie has done great work on this, and I'll just give you his definition here. A righteous person is one who is willing to disadvantage himself or herself in order to advantage another. Hmm. Uh, the, um, the righteous is the one who's willing to sacrifice himself for the hmm. sake of the other. So um, the wicked, by contrast, is the one who advantages self hmm. by disadvantaging the other. Yeah. So in the Bible, there are just these two characteristics. Yeah. Um, Jesus says, I will disadvantage myself mm. for you. I will die so you can live. The serpent, Satan says, you must die so I can live. Mm. And those are the two characteristics wow. uh, of humanity. So uh, the righteous, wise, are always those who are willing to sacrifice for the sake of community. And here's another thing about the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is all about community. Mm. And so all of its wisdom uh, that it um, says you're supposed to have is to make you a good neighbor uh, in society. Wow. Uh, it is towards God as well. You have to be wise towards God, but it's, but it's primarily a social book uh, that takes the other into consideration. How to live socially with your neighbor. Really, that, that's really what, it, what, wow. what wisdom is. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, you know, we haven't defined what wisdom is uh, yet, but most of our problems in life um, occur uh, not by the natural laws. Like gravity is not a real problem to me right now, um, <laughs> nor, nor the law of thermodynamics, right? right. But what is a problem is, um, what do I do about my parents hmm. who are, you know, asking me X, Y, or Z, how do I love my wife? Mm. Uh, how, do I, how do I communicate with my children? Mm. It's those social, mm -hmm. uh, that social realm that most of our problems come. How do I get along with my employer, mm. my boss who is, seems so unreasonable? That's where Proverbs comes in mm. to help. It's to help us live socially with mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. by recognizing that just as God has created the world with... Um, uh, natural order, uh, all matter must be governed according to natural laws. And it is scientists that study that. Mm -hmm. And so the scientists will study all the natural laws uh, by which matter and all of that behave, and they will formulate it into theories and uh, scientific laws and principles and so on. And by knowing those laws, we can live uh, mm -hmm. a decent life uh, by respecting the natural laws out there. Yeah. But God, God has also built the world with moral order. Uh, who studies those? Uh, the whole, uh, there, are all, there are all these moral orders. You get them summarized in the Ten Commandments and so forth. You know, one of the moral orders would be, uh, if you want to have a good life with your neighbor, you do not sleep with somebody else's spouse. Uh, you, you do not trash their name in court. You do not steal from them and so forth. Well, that is the job of the sage. Uh, sages study all of these moral laws and they condense them into proverbs hmm. and uh, these sayings and riddles so that we can live 
um, socially successful mm-hmm. lives for ourselves and for others. Yeah. So good. So that would be basically the overarching theme of Proverbs. Yes. To be socially, you know, a good neighbor. Exactly. Yeah. Not to be a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. But how to get along socially with people so that you're a blessing to them. Yeah. And um, and you uh, you help to yeah. promote shalom. Yeah. Right. That's the that's the whole key. Yeah. Uh, that you're a you're an agent of shalom. Mm. That wholeness yeah, in agents. society. I, oh, I just spilled my tea. It was just so good. I just got excited. <laughs> uh, agents of Shalom. I mm. just love that. And I hope we have Apple Care, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. Uh, ben and Steve, if you're watching, I'm really sorry. That's uh, my bosses. Um, okay. Anyways. Uh, okay. So <laughs> got a little distracted there. It's okay. It should be fine. Um, so we talk about, um, you know, agents of Shalom. You mentioned that there are a few topics that come up frequently throughout mm. Proverbs, and I find it fascinating because it's, it's geared towards young people, Yes, uh, maybe towards more young males since they're the ones who are leaving the homes before the women are because they're waiting to yeah. get married. Uh, but specifically, you said easy sex, easy money. Um, right. And again, I just love the reality that you know, when people try to say, oh, the Bible is irrelevant or it's old. Mm. Well, you look at 2023, right? easy sex, easy money. Right. Still a big problem uh, with young people. And so what are some of the things, maybe we can hit both of those topics okay. um, and just kind of give us a, you know, a synopsis of what some of the main things right. that we need to know as okay. young people. So easy sex, what does the Proverbs say, Book of Proverbs say about that specifically? Yes. Well, it says there's no such thing as easy yes. sex. And um, uh, you can understand why this would be a major topic because here's the young person, young male going out into society and, you know, his hormones are just raging at this moment, yeah. at this point in his life. And um, uh, if he is um, not married or even if he is married, there is a lot of temptation out there. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs uh, personifies that temptation in the terms of an adulteress. Yes. And so you get these warnings in the book of Proverbs about how to avoid the temptation of the adulteress. Mm. Now, the adulteress, um, I think we can extend that to any sexual temptation yes. that comes yes. towards us, whether it's in the form of an actual person, mm-hmm. uh, whether the person is married or single, or the girl is married or single, or pornography, or, or all of these things. But it talks about the danger realistically. Yeah. And um, the way the book of Proverbs is arranged, it's arranged into seven sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 30, um, 31 chapters mm-hmm. fall nicely into seven sections. The first section is the first nine chapters. Mm-hmm. And it consists of 10 lectures by the father to the son, sometimes with the, mothers, with the mother as well, these 10 lectures. And what is significant is the last three lectures that the father gives to the son. The final last three in chapter six, uh, chapter five, mm-hmm. all of chapter five, uh, chapter six, 22, 35, I think, and all of chapter seven. And after that, the father uh, moves off the stage uh, until we get into the actual Proverbs, um, are all to do with the danger of sexual immorality uh, facing the young person. Mm-hmm. And so what the Proverbs says is do not do that. Uh, and it's very realistic. It It, it talks about the the power of the temptation, mm-hmm. that it is real. Yeah. Uh, she is going to come 
uh, approach you. Her words are going to be dripping with honey. Mm. Um, I, in chapter seven, she is going to look amazing. Uh, she's going to be dolled up. Uh, she is going to tempt you. Chapter seven is just mm-hmm. brilliant. The way the father recreates a situation for the son. She's going to come and tell you, look, um, uh, I'm the perfect girl for you right now. I've got the perfect pad to have sex with. I've got, um, this is the perfect time yeah. to have sex. Everything like that. She's And my bed is laid out with linens and I have perfume and this, it's a boudoir. And then she promises him uh, mind-blowing sex. We will do everything you ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But then there's the little hint at the uh, in there where she says, and my husband's away. Uh, he's gone on a trip and he won't be back for a couple of weeks. So we can just enjoy ourselves in this, um, in this romp. But the father says the person who goes in there is um, like uh, the deer that steps mm-hmm. into the trap like the ox that is going down to the slaughter. And uh, <clears throat> you end up, you think you're going to heaven, but you end up in hell. Yeah. So it will ruin you. Mm-hmm. And the ruination that the book of Proverbs uh, foresees for the young man who goes down that path is very interesting. Because what the father is concerned about and also what woman wisdom is concerned about as a young person is, if, they, if they're not careful in handling their sexual drive, mm-hmm. they can, right before they even get started in life, ruin themselves, mm-hmm. right? You'll get shot down before you even start. These are the dangers that are out there. They can get you before you even have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll make some decision, you'll do something, and that'll be the end. Yeah. And we've seen that over and over again. Uh, so the um, so the father warns against the practical dangers. Mm. For example, in that culture, if you if you end up in adultery with this person and the husband finds out, let's say, uh, there were two uh, there were two uh, there were two um, penalties that the that the husband could demand. He could go to the elders of the city, accuse you of um, violating his home, and ask for the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Or if he really wanted to torture you, he could ask for all of your uh, treasure, your possessions be transferred to him uh, in order to make up for what you have done to his home. <clears throat> and the elders would have no choice but mm-hmm. to grant that. And then after he has taken everything that you own, he can then demand your body mm-hmm. to uh, work for him. And he will work you like a slave mm-hmm. until you are absolutely done in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> and so uh, all of the treasure that the family has accumulated over the years mm-hmm. and um, it, it is intended to be passed on through the generations to help could be lost in right. one Lose everything. night. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one thing. That's one danger. And uh, you will lose your reputation. Chapter 5 has a very interesting, a very interesting analogy where the father warns the son and says, uh, actually this in chapter six, a person who steals because they're starving, mm-hmm. the community must, will still punish that person, mm-hmm. but will recognize that the person did it for survival. Mm-hmm. But the person who commits adultery, it's, they don't treat that person the same way. Mm-hmm. That person will have shame for um, um, interminably. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the rest of his life, he'll be in shame. The community will not forgive that because it doesn't see 
sexual indulgence on the same level as uh, starvation. Mm. So even though our, our, our popular wisdom today says sex is an absolute essential for life, the Bible doesn't see it that way. Mm. You can live a good life uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, um, so that's one danger. The other danger, of course, is um, at the end of chapter 5, the Father warns, all your ways are before the Lord. Mm. And, uh, and so the Lord is watching and yes. the, Lord will, the Lord will get you if you do this. Yeah. So what is the antidote? Mm. Right. Uh, so chapter five uh, lays out the antidote, and that is to have an amazing sex life with your wife. To um, you know, um, to to be satisfied at her breast, to be to be quenched at her well. Uh, here, the water imagery in chapter five. Uh, do you want me to just read that out? Yeah, that sure. passage out quickly. You know, as you're finding it, yeah, um, I'll share a story. Yes, please. Uh, my life yeah. was changed. Because of the book of Proverbs. Amen. Proverbs chapter 5. Oh, really? So I'll tell you the story. So I was in high school, grade 12. Yes. In an unhealthy relationship. It was terrible. I had like one foot in church, one foot out of church. And, you know, I thought I could be a, you know, a light, an example. But I just wasn't living a godly life anyway. So I don't know why I would think that. Mm. But I remember I was um, with this person and it was really, really terrible and it was destroying me. And I gave you guys the picture when we did that episode on marriage with yeah. the good apple and the bad oh, apple yeah, and yeah. how the good apple and the bad apple came together. And then the good one started getting rotten. Mm. And so God was telling me I needed to get like, I needed to leave this relationship. But right. what happened next in the story is and I never used to read my Bible back then. I was, you know, I didn't really care about church or whatever, any of that stuff. But I felt like I needed to go to my Bible. So I opened the Bible and I said, okay, like God, just speak to me. And then I just opened it. And my, and I know I don't, I don't promote this because you could open yeah. it to something random that would, you know, I don't know. But for me, God just yeah. knew, yeah. I don't know where anything is. And I'm going to just guide his eyes mm. and his hands. Mm. And so I opened it to Proverbs 5, the lips of an ungodly or adulterous mm -hmm. woman is as mm -hmm. sweet as honey, as smooth as oil, but her feet, feet dig straight to the grave. She's as right. sharp as a double-edged sword. She knows it not. Her path is crooked. Do not even step foot in her house. So it just yeah. everything. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in a very bad place and this is going to kill me. Amen. And so I just literally called this person, mm. ended it, called friends, ended what, I just walked away from everything. Proverbs 5 changed my life. That is amazing, eh? Yeah, see, uh, the book has power. Man. You know, the book has power. I'm just like remembering this as we're going through it. I'm like, oh that my goodness, is... the book of Proverbs changed my life forever. I would have been, because I was at the first stage yeah. of the fool and the wicked. Mm. And I was on the path to the second stage mm. where it would have just been a disaster. Right. right. And God, by his grace, just yeah. made me pull a U-turn. Wow. Praise God for his grace. Praise God for his grace. Yeah. Amen. So you're going to read yeah. from Proverbs 5? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. What, is the, um, what is the solution to this temptation, mm. uh, sexual temptation? And that is stated in verse 15, chapter 5, verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Uh, water here is an imagery yeah. for sexual satisfaction. Yeah. And the cistern and the well is imagery for the wife. Mm -hmm. The wife as the source of sexual satisfaction. So, in other words, find all of your sexual satisfaction yeah. um, in your wife and from your wife. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares? Very difficult words. Um, I won't get into all of that. Let them be yours alone, never to be shared by strangers. 
And what the father now does in 518, uh, hmm. uh, all the way to 20, uh, well, 518 to 19, is he prays hmm. for his son. He hmm. offers up a prayer that um, his son would find a totally sexually satisfying, a wife who totally satisfies him sexually. Mm-hmm. Uh, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always and may you ever be drunk out of your mind with her love making, really, mm. uh, with her love. Why my son be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom mm-hmm. of a wayward woman? So, um, you know, it's important for parents to pray this for their children. I, mean, I was going to say, can you imagine? <laughs> I can't imagine praying that for my son, but he's only five. So, <laughs> right, yeah, you have a little bit of time. I here. got some time. Thank you. Right, the Lord. but yeah. that, that that that's exactly what he's doing. He's yeah. he's praying that his uh, that his son finds yeah a wife who um, you know she should be all all everything else as well and yeah, other places that she is a neighbor and a companion to him and a friend and all of that. But here, it He's is praying a, specifically, specifically for, for a sexually yeah. a wife that sexually satisfies him. Mm. So that is the um, that is the antidote. <clears throat> yeah. And um, and what is interesting about this passage is really there's so much here. Um, it's expecting that in the sexual relationship between a man and a, wa- a wife. There are no inhibitions, mm. you know, and that is a problem for a lot of people, right? The, I hope this frees them because they come into the marriage and uh, they just can't be free with each other. Mm. But this is saying you have to let that go. And in here, in this protected place, it's clearly protected. It's not to be shared with strangers. It's a hedged mm. um, relationship where it's the only only two of you. But in that relationship, you should be absolutely open with each other. Mm. And um, if you have that kind of a relationship, then that is a powerful mm. uh, prophylactic, um, literally speaking, against sexual temptation yeah. outside. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting is what he, what he says here, the, the wife of your youth, you know, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Uh, that is anticipating that you will continue to be satisfied sexually mm. with the wife that you married in your youth but are now still continuing with. Yeah. Right? So it, 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 um, it envisions a relationship that is for life. Yeah, yeah. And you don't leave her when, you know, she gets old and you yeah, get bored. Totally. Huge. Okay, so that's a, that's a big topic and I just love how God's reminding me. It's almost like, God the Father was speaking to me mm, in Proverbs mm, 5. Right. And that's just so amazing. Yeah, that's um, a great testimony. Amazing. Praise God. Um, so also, we see a lot of people struggling financially. So there's yes. a lot of the easy... So you said the easy sex, easy money are two big topics. And I see in 2023 with young people, okay, right. same problems that we're wrestling with. Um, inflation is crazy. People are in debt. People can't afford anything, you know. So what is the Bible? Because I know the Bible in Proverbs specifically talks about debt yeah. and it talks about finances a lot in Proverbs. Could you give us kind of a you know summary of that as well? Because I think that would right. be very helpful. So the, um, as I said, the other great danger is easy money. And there are two ways to make money, uh, illegally and legally. And the problem with legal money, making money legally is... Uh, you don't make a lot of it and it takes a very long time mm-hmm. uh, to make it. The attraction of 
illegal money is you get it quickly mm -hmm. and you can get a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so what is interesting is the first lecture after the introduction, uh, the first seven verses, the first lesson of the father and the mother to their son is the danger of making easy money by joining a criminal gang. Hmm. Like, talk about contemporary. There were criminal gangs in mm -hmm. Solomon's time. Yeah. And so they want to warn their son not to join one of these groups that comes to them and says, hey, come and join with us and uh, let us lie in wait for some innocent soul and we'll ambush them and we'll fill our houses with all good things. Hmm. Uh, we will get what they have. We will kill the person and take their goods. So, um, so the parents are saying that's not the way to make money. Hmm. Don't make money that way. Um, some practical advice that it gives on, on how to make money is, first of all, you can't be a sluggard. You have to be a diligent person. Yeah, it talks about laziness a lot. Oh, too. a lot, yeah. yeah the sluggard a is a huge yeah. character. Yeah. In, it's a type yeah. of fool. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's, be hardworking. Yeah. Um, manage your resources well. It has a mm. lot to say about that. Um, uh, and be generous. Yes. Uh, this is huge that um, no yeah, matter how good. much you are making, uh, the purpose of money in our life is money is a tool that God gives you by which you fulfill his mission. Mm. It's never your money. Yeah, never. And even though I, call, I sometimes um, mistake and say, you know, yeah, my money, uh, I make this much or that much. It's really not. It is yeah. God's money. Yes that he has given me to manage on his behalf. Yeah. And so he gives me this money every month. And then um, my duty is to ask him, okay, Lord, what do you want? Wow, this money showed up. Yeah. Uh, what do I do with it now? Yeah. And then he says, well, you pay this and pay that and that. And, and then I say to him, you know what? Uh, I, I need a TV, uh, my TV is nine. He said, how much do you want? Uh, <laughs> 500 bucks. And he says, no, take a thousand and go buy yourself a TV. Yeah. So uh, that's the way God is, yeah. right? But um, and it's so, important to have that perspective. I, I feel think like so, when yeah. my wife and I had that perspective, yeah. uh, everything shifted for us as well. Like when we were in debt a few years ago, okay, we want to get out of debt. So we went like, yeah. you know, beast mode to try to remove debt. And we had a shift where it's like, and we'd pray every night. I'd pray every night with my little boy. Lord, thank you that we got to borrow your dishwasher today. We got right. to live in your house today. I got to borrow your car today. I could yeah. drive it to work. You gave us the money we need. So everything we have. Right. Is not ours. We no. just have to be good stewards. And I think when we have that understanding of this is not our money, this is God's money that He's giving us, and we can, you know, be good stewards of it. Right. It kind of shifted the perspective for us. Huge. Eh? Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. huge perspective shift. Yeah. And it's a good perspective yeah. shift. It's the it's the right one. Yeah. And so, um, um, as we were translating that uh, that particular verse, that the um, the generous person gives mm -hmm. and yet receives more. Yeah. But uh, the stingy person does not give even what he should and suffers want. Yes. We were trying to think of an analogy, and Bruce had a perfect analog analogy to this. And that is, the um, where in nature can we find an analogy to the fact that uh, the more you give, uh, the more you get. Mm. And it was breastfeeding. Mm. Uh, the breastfeeding mother. So the more the mother feeds the baby, yes. the more the milk um, keeps coming. But the moment she stops feeding the baby, that's when the milk will dry out. Um, and so the more you use your money to help righteously, wow, that's good. Yeah. the more the Lord will give you because you're doing his work and, mm -hmm. and you need the resources to do mm -hmm. his work. So he will give it to you. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you will be able to bless others. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a, and the whole Bible is filled with this, you know, yeah. this, this principle. Mm -hmm. uh, now he might test you on it uh, by yeah. uh, God always tests us to see if you'll stick to the principle or give up. Mm -hmm. But if you stick to it, uh, that is the way the kingdom of God works. So that's one thing, uh, generosity. The other thing is by not going surety uh, to, to others. Don't guarantee somebody else's loan. That, uh, the, the Book of Proverbs has a lot to say about that. Don't take on other people's debts okay. by uh, co-signing their loans for them. Now, it has to be nuanced. You know, parents may want to help their children get a mortgage or something like that. I was going to say, how, like can a, how could a young person get a house without a... Right, yes. Yeah. That's different because okay. that's your parents. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the other thing is, if you're going to do that, make sure you, you're able to. Like if yeah. the other person reneges and uh, you are, the bank comes after you, yeah. you sign that, you better make sure you, you're yeah. able to pay it. Otherwise, you become the fool and you become... Yeah, uh, yeah it's not good. So if you're going to do that, uh, the, uh, the Proverbs prefers that you just give them the money a gift. Uh, if they need that. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, as opposed to signing their loans, because especially if the person is a stranger mm -hmm. um, and not part of the, uh, the, the community, mm -hmm. uh, the believing community. So to take on a stranger's debts is, is really dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, so hard work uh, through diligence, uh, little by little. Mm -hmm. To, uh, what Proverbs says is also very important, and that is Proverbs says wisdom is better than money. Mm. Uh, it's always better than money. Mm -hmm. So that is your first uh, yeah. focus. It's not on riches because mm -hmm. it says glance upon riches and they'll take wings and fly away, Proverbs mm -hmm. 18. The, but you focus on becoming wise in right. God's sight and the reward wisdom brings is a great treasure and wealth. Mm -hmm. If you look at chapter 8, I'll just read this. Uh, chapter 8, this is the second appeal of uh, woman wisdom. She tells you the great benefits mm. that she will bring if you call out, if, if you embrace her. Does not wisdom call, does not understanding raise a voice at the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes a stand beside the gate leading to the city, the entrance to the... Uh, at the entrance, she cries out. So it's all these public places where those young people gather. Mm -hmm. To you, O people, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. Mm. And you who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Um, jumping down, choose my instruction, verse 10, instead of silver, mm -hmm. knowledge rather than choice gold. So that is where our first focus should be. As Jesus said, um, seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and all these things will be added to you. For wisdom is more precious than mm. rubies mm. and nothing you desire can compare with her. Mm. So she, once she has that principle stated, uh, look what she says next. I wisdom dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate uh, the pride and arrogant evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight, I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just and so forth. Then jumping down to verse 18, with me are riches and prosperity. Mm. Uh, enduring wealth and uh, honor. My fruit is better than gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. But what she says is, well, once you get me, I come, I'll, I'll, I'll help you yeah. to attain prosperity. 
And isn't that the case with Solomon? If you look at a case study, because he asked yes. for wisdom. Yes. And then he got everything else. He got everything. He else. didn't ask for money or jewels no. or whatever treasures. That's right. Yeah. But he he got that. So uh, wisdom will give you the know-how that you need to make righteous money. Right. Righteous yeah. money. Yeah. So this is why attaining wisdom mm. and uh, making a choice to follow the path of wisdom yeah. is so important. Yeah. In our lives. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I guess we can maybe wrap up and then we'll have an in doubt insiders question specifically. Um, but um, what advice, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there's the way of wisdom, the way of the fool. I, I see it takes a lot of humility mm. from young people to say, okay, fine, I'm, I don't have it right. right. I don't have, you know, I need wisdom. I'm not going to yes. just leave my family's home and jump into the battlefield with no armor, no protection, no nothing. Um, how would you coach a young person who's maybe watching this, who is maybe on the path of the fool right now and needs to be humble, like need to humble themselves right. and stick to the word yeah. and wisdom? Well, uh, if you start by defining what humility is, mm. right? in the book of Proverbs, humility, the number one characteristic of humility is teachableness, yeah. uh, that you realize that you need to be taught. Uh, but uh, here we run into a circle, a mm -hmm. circular problem, and that is, uh, the book of Proverbs is clear that you need humility to attain wisdom. Mm. But wisdom is what makes you humble. So you're in a, in, you're, you're in a circle here. Yeah. So how do you break that circle? I, uh, I, in order to be wise, I need to be humble. Yeah. But it's uh, the wise, uh, one of the things that woman wisdom does is it, it makes you humble. Yeah. So how do I break into the circle? Well, you really can't. It is God who breaks into that circle mm. and, uh, and gives you uh, wisdom, which mm. then makes you humble. So humility is a fruit of wisdom. Mm. However, the... Um, on, on the human level, we have to appeal to all of these people, all yeah. of these young people. Listen, you need to cry out for mm -hmm. wisdom. Mm -hmm. You need to humble yourself and yeah. come. And um, one of the the main uh, one of the main requirements to being humble, of course, is the fear of the Lord, mm -hmm. which is the beginning of wisdom in chapter nine, the beginning of knowledge yeah. in chapter yeah. one. Yeah. So, what is this fear of? the Lord that is so critical. Well, there are many ways you can define it. It's a lot of things. It's a very complicated term. But in a nutshell, it is the willingness to totally submit to God's revealed will. Mm. The willingness to completely submit to God's will. And so if you ask the young person to do that, you know, we can't ask them to be more humble because yes. how do you do that? Yeah. That's but you're already one. really humble. That's yeah, exactly. right, exactly, right? Okay, I remember watching a <laughs> yeah. previous president and he was talking about humility. He's like, I'm the most humble guy you've ever met. And I'm like, no. huh. Some people say. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I guess, I guess well, we can take a guess. <laughs> the moment you believe that, then that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the end of your humility, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> some so, people say. <laughs> some people say. So, no, you, you seek after... you. You submit yourself to God. Yeah, that's the um, yeah, and then yeah. and that's what 
gives you that attitude. Yeah. So for young people who are watching, you're not going to say, okay, I'm going to be humble. No, no. <laughs> Submit your life to God, his yeah. revealed will, come under his lordship, his authority. And that produces... That produces humility. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. gives you wisdom who then uh, yeah. enables you to see yeah. your lack of knowledge and your need to submit to teachers yeah. and um, mentors to become wise. Yeah, that's really good. That's a, you know, I uh, Michelle just finished Proverbs through her mm. devotions and she's like, man, this is incredible. Right. Yeah. A lot of people skip through it. Part of the reason I think is because they find it a very um, perplexing book. And because sporadic. Remember you were talking about right. how it's kind of like, it seems random. Yeah. Now, yeah. what is interesting is the first nine chapters, they are, they are, they are pretty, pretty easy because yeah. they are self-contained lectures. Yeah. You have these lectures yeah. up to chapter nine. But then when you hear chapter 10, mm -hmm. where you actually get into the Proverbs, mm -hmm. uh, chapters one to nine is not really Proverbs. They are kind of uh, sayings. They're longer, longer sayings. Right. And then you go from chapter 10 to the next section, which is chapter 22, 17, you just get these proverbs that are that appear to be all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, the one is talking about money. The next one is talking about speech. The, the next one is talking about wickedness, and it seems all over the place. Well, one of the things uh, that Bruce's commentary, original commentary, broke new ground was he was able to find clusters mm. that actually what seems so random is actually arranged at a deeper level in terms of smaller units. Hmm. Uh, they're difficult to see in the English translation usually, so his commentary breaks it down into these clusters, and so does uh, our commentary here, the yeah. shorter commentary is broken down into clusters. But I sometimes think the reason for that seeming randomness is because that is the way our day is, our life is. Hmm. So, you know, in, in the morning you start off, you get up in the morning and you're already late for work because mm -hmm. you you missed the alarm or something like that. All right, so for that you need a, a proverb on being uh, yeah. <laughs> this or that. Yeah. But then the, you wake up and uh, now you're tired uh, or you're late or whatever and, and you have an argument with your wife, mm -hmm. right? So now you switched from uh, the funny. fact that yeah. you're being late. Now you need about speech maybe, yeah. uh, why speech? Yeah. Uh, and then you're driving and driving you, recklessly, get, you're you're speeding, get you're you get speeding. <laughs> so then you need a proverb on following the authorities or something <laughs> like that, right? Because that's the way our days are like yeah. Those uh, proverbs, yeah. right? And so yeah. there's a proverb probably for almost every yeah. situation that we face in a day. Our day doesn't have one theme. Yeah, that's right? good. It is not, the whole day is not taken up with uh, dealing that's with your word. kid. That's a good word. That's very interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, and I admire them for this, they read, you know, because there's 31 proverbs, so they read one proverb a day. Right. Just to make sure they're always... A chapter a day, yeah. Yeah, a chapter a day, just yeah. uh, so they're always immersed in, right. in this wisdom literature. And I think... Uh, it's just important to be in this book. This Absolutely. book is written for young people to help them in the world and how, uh, how desperate do right. we need this in today's world. And don't worry about not memorizing it. Yeah. Uh, as uh, this lady said, her mind is like a sieve, but each time the water goes through, it cleans it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so. good. That's a good word. <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah, so don't beat yourself up for not memorizing no, it, no. but just let it. Uh, cleanse you and give you wisdom and insight yeah. and knowledge and all that. So, uh, I'm not sure if we we touched on this, but just th there's a lot of in the proverbs that's very universal between men and women, mm. but oh, yeah. a lot of it is geared towards men. How pretty much, much all of, of it? That, yeah. What is there for women then in regards to that? Because I, I would think that there is stuff for women too, right? 
Uh, that is that is a key question, isn't mm-hmm. it? All right. So um, so where is the daughter in the, this book, and how do we uh, how does this book also apply to them? The um, what is interesting about the uh, about the book of Proverbs is there are those key places where the son is told to listen both to the father and the mother. So chapter 1.8, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's Torah, law, actually. You have it in chapter 6, you have it again in chapter 10, in chapter 22, where the son is told uh, that the mother is also a teacher to the mm-hmm. child. So in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in wisdom, you can only teach it once you have learned it yourself. So if the mother is a teacher of wisdom to the son, uh, where did she learn? the wisdom. So that implies that when they were in the home, when she was a daughter in her house, along with her brothers, let's say, they were all taught the wisdom equally. Mm. The, both the sons and the daughters in the home were instructed in the book of Proverbs. So that when they grow up, the mother can now also disseminate wisdom, which is very interesting because only in the Bible are women uh, teachers of wisdom. Uh, you cannot find any other wisdom literature in the culture where the woman is a wise teacher. Mm. Uh, it doesn't exist. Mm. So only in the Bible. And, um, and so you have it, you have it in these uh, first chapters. But then if you look at chapter 31, the last chapter, mm. uh, that is the, um, that's a whole chapter on um, a separate chapter, not by Solomon. It's by King Lemuel. Mm. And so it contains two lessons, mm-hmm. uh, 1 to 9 and then 10 to uh, 31, on how to be a wise king, uh, 1 to 9, and how to find and marry the right woman, mm-hmm. uh, the Proverbs, a wise woman, proverbial wise woman. But in the introduction to that chapter, what does Lemuel say? The words of King Lemuel, that his mother taught him. Mm. That his mother taught him. So in other words, that whole chapter is his mother's teaching mm. that he's now passing on to passing on to us. He's just the mouthpiece mm. that's passing it on. So the women were taught the wisdom and whatnot, but because it was the male that was responsible for going and creating the next family unit, um, it is geared towards them. They are the ones who are right. addressed. Mm. So when we now teach it, we have, we have to do that hermeneutically. We have to make the necessary adjustment to include the woman in everything, in all the teaching. Mm-hmm. So while the, uh, the, um, the sexual um, uh, relationship is uh, looked at from the man's position, today when we teach it and preach it, we will have to also make uh, the uh, adjustment and include the woman's role yeah. in that as well. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, and so thankfully, we have uh, another book in mm-hmm. the Bible called the Song of Songs. Mm-hmm. And in that book, the woman takes the leadership mm-hmm. in the sexual relationship, right? right. She is, it's all about sex, mm-hmm. uh, not, about, not primarily about God's relationship to the church. Mm-hmm. or That may be on a very um, sub-level, but the primary um, character of the Song of Songs is the rich sexual relationship between mm-hmm. a heterosexual uh, couple who are in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, I am my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is love, yeah. right? Uh, that's pretty much a marriage text. Mm-hmm. 
And in that case, it is uh, the woman is very prominent mm-hmm. uh, there. So you see it from that angle. So maybe that's why right. we have that that uh, book in the Bible. Yes, to balance interesting. Both perspectives almost in yeah. two different books. That's the really book of Proverbs yeah. has to be balanced by other books. Yeah. Um, right. So that is one way. Whereas the woman in the sexual relationship, we have the Song of Songs. The other th- the other problem with the Book of Proverbs is it it can appear to be simplistic, mm. like the famous um, one that everybody memorizes, chapter three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all mm. your heart, lean not onto your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Well, yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work that way, mm. right? Sometimes. You do everything right and you mm-hmm. end up in an absolute pit. Mm-hmm. So what do you do then? Yeah. You did everything that Proverbs uh, said you should right. be doing, but you ended up in a very bad place. Not, um, not because of your own thing, mm-hmm. but because that's the way things... Well, that's why you have the book of Job in mm. the Bible, right? And what Job says is, look, I did all of that. Mm-hmm. I did what Proverbs told me to do. Kept mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a righteous person. Mm-hmm. In the, if you were yeah. to, if you were to look up righteousness in the dictionary, uh, there would be Job's picture beside yeah. it. Yeah. And yet, look, life just went completely nuts for me. Mm-hmm. So what do you do now? And you have the book of Ecclesiastes mm. that deals with the perplexing part of life. So you have to balance the book of Proverbs with those, and that is why we have these other books. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that you can't just take one book and be like, yep, this is my Bible. No. Yeah. no that's why we have all the A canon within to, a canon, as they would say. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Do you have any other thoughts? Guys? Well, you brought up another thing that might be a good question is, who's this King Lemuel mm. then? Right. Uh, so Proverbs has two um, editions that are from non-Israelite mm-hmm. uh, sources. Uh, chapter 30 uh, Agar, mm-hmm. who is a court official, uh, not not recognized as being part of Israel. We have no attestation to Agar yeah. in the rest of the Bible as being part of Israel, and neither do we have for King Lemuel. So, uh, and also in that uh, third section of the Book of Proverbs, the what is known commonly as the Thirty Sayings of the Wise. In that section, twenty two seventeen to twenty four twenty two. It is certain that Solomon has incorporated the wisdom of Egypt mm-hmm. uh, into into that section. You have uh, you have clear parallels between this. So the question is, how do we have these other sources in the Bible? Well, Proverbs is dealing with life uh, as it appears in the world on the earth, and it recognizes that God's true all truth is God's truth. And so wherever it exists, if it is true, it is, it is from God. And so these sages that were able to observe the way the world works and formulate uh, sayings and so forth are recognized as speaking God's wisdom. Mm. So when Solomon brings their writings into his book, to incorporate them into his book, what he does though is he demythologizes them so that they are stripped of their their pagan worldview and baptized, as it were, Hmm. into Israel's faith, into its monotheistic faith. And I would say the same with King Lemuel's uh, work and with Agar. Agar is a complete believer in God. Both of these people recognize the God of Israel Hmm. and they worship the God of Israel. They use his name and so forth. And Agar... 
uh, uh, he is a, just an unbelievable character, mm. just a totally godly, a godly sage. And so is King Lemuel. And he gives us you know, such a profound poem on mm. what a wise wife, the characteristics of a wise wife. And um, yeah, one who fears the Lord. Like, yeah. uh, so, so getting back to this, uh, getting back to the woman, in chapter 1-7, uh, the first introduction, it's all towards the son. Okay, it's all the male, all the pronouns and references are to the male. And the climaxing verse is 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, fools despise wisdom and instruction. So there it is the son who is characterized with the fear of the Lord. Well, how does the book end? The book ends with the woman fearing the Lord. Mm. Uh, Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but the wife who fears the Lord mm. is to be praised. Yeah. So this fear of the Lord bookends the book of Proverbs. Wow. It begins with the book of Proverbs yeah. and ends with the book of Proverbs. And it bookends with, it begins with the man fearing the Lord and it ends with wow. the woman fearing the Lord, right? That's so cool. So it yeah. encompasses both. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that is why uh, their wisdom is included. And the Bible nice. includes um, foreign um stuff all the time, right? Yeah. Acts 17, Paul uses uh, the uh, poetry of um, the Greeks uh, when he talks about in him we live and move and have a being. Mm -hmm. and that's a mm. Greek poem dedicated to Zeus, right? That's who originally was yeah. so forth. Yeah. And there are many places like yeah. that. Fascinating. So that'd be sort of like common grace, I guess. Exactly, exactly. God's he makes the sun shine on the righteous and the wicked. Um, truth is truth wherever it is found. Uh, and um, it comes from God, the origin is from God. And these writers recognize that. And mm -hmm. so they could, they could incorporate it. The Bible is not opposed to other religions insofar as though the elements of those religions proclaim the God of truth. Right. Where they where they denounce them is when they promote pagan religion, religious ideas, idolatry. Hmm. Right. Well, that's interesting. And then even the quote, like, you know, all truth is God's truth. You know, we live in a culture right now where everyone has their own truth and every truth is a right <laughs> yeah. truth and every truth right. is great. And you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe, and it's yeah. all happy and great. Yeah. You know, that gets really messy and dangerous. Well, it, it makes mockery of the definition of truth, yeah. right? Uh, if it's true, it can't just be true for you. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to be uh, true for, you know, everybody. Mm. Uh, I have my experience. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah. But I don't have my corner of truth. So what is true for me cannot be a, a, a lie for you. There's something wrong there. One of yeah. us is off. Yeah. And um, or both of us are off at that point. Could people who are non-believers say, "Okay, well, your truth in the Word is not my is not my truth," so then therefore you are wrong? They can say it. Well, they can say it but all they want. Then actually. how they how they can back it up yeah. is, would be a different yeah a different thing. So the first question I would ask them is, "Can you define truth? What what, yeah, what is truth? truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. I like how a book ends with like the male instruction and then like the female. Mm. That's that's really cool, yeah. actually. So many little things. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. It just goes on and on. Yeah. And you can keep reading it. And we and can keep, go on and on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. I love it. Yeah. Each time you read it, uh, you will get new insight. Totally. 
Yeah. Uh, the um, the first seven verses tell you the audience mm-hmm. that the book is written to, and there are three primary audiences. Mm-hmm. First of all, is the young person mm-hmm. uh, who is supposed to receive this book, mm-hmm. and then it switches to the parents or teachers who mm-hmm. are teaching it mm-hmm. to give instruction. Mm-hmm. So you have to receive instruction that the young might receive instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is focusing on the young person, passive getting yeah. it uh, to give instruction. That mm-hmm. is focusing on the teacher who gives it. But then it in uh, in uh, verse five it opens it up to everybody. Mm. Anybody who wants to be wise, come and learn this. To the to the already wise, yeah. come and learn again. So it's saying uh, to them, reread it and you'll get more. So good. And I feel like even as we wrap up, so who is the book of Proverbs for? It's not just written for young people. No. If your parents, yes. if your grandparents, and then verse five, hey. Anybody. Yeah, all who are wise come yeah. and become yeah. even more wise. Come because even more wise. gaining wisdom is a lifelong yes. process. Yeah, so good, man. Thank you so much for your time. This is so welcome. fruitful yeah, and what a blessing. Uh, you're such a gift. I feel like as soon as I leave this and go home today, I'm going to pick up the book of Proverbs. And everybody, get yourself a copy. Amazon. Mm. Um, I, uh, I'm excited to get my copy because I think this is just so important. And um, it's good to have a resource to help unpack some of the things that might uh, be hard to understand. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, man. I uh, I'm Happy so blessed. I'm so blessed by you, your life, your ministry, and uh, I know you're retired, but you're busier than ever. But uh, you're busy doing good things. Praise and, God. Um, and I'm so grateful for your life. And so thank you for joining us today in studio. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chris and Marcus, for just gleaning all this wisdom. Uh, just taking it all in. Yes. Oh, it's yes. Thank you. Amazing. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I feel like even just the idea of how like the Proverbs are, seem all random, it's like, oh, yeah, but our days are kind of, mm. you yeah. know, you're not going to just yeah. be dealing with a five-year-old toddler right. the whole time. Is a five-year-old a toddler? Yeah. No, no. Uh, not, Toddlers uh, before. Yeah. He's uh, it's too late for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot even imagine that that oh, period. It's a, it's a hard time, man. I just don't have uh, the physical fitness to yeah. to, I, to be running after a toddler. I've never had it. <laughs> I've never had the physical fitness. Um, anyways, thank you so much, buddy. Um, so grateful to have you. And yeah. uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is um, great. If you go to indow.ca slash sources, we'll have links to the book. Uh, links to different things that we maybe talked about today. But uh, God bless you guys. We hope you have a great week. We hope you get into Proverbs this week. Mm. Dive in, glean into the wisdom uh, from God. May it bless you richly and uh, change your life like it's changed mine. Like I shared, honestly, Proverbs 5 changed my Mm. life forever. And so uh, be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.